This is a flash of pure inspiration. This man is absolutely being lined to pure footballing magic. You're goddamn right. He emasculates them. Yes. Individually. Yeah. Collectively. Feel that, buddy? Huh? It is on fire. Incredible talent, incredible variety, like never seen on any other show before. You people are amazing. We're also down to just two people who understand how to keep time in a soccer game. For fuck's sake, stop saying soccer. Oh, that's that's like football without pads, right? Let's have some fun. It's football day. Check one, two. Check one, two. Is everything on? Three, four. Everything's on? Everything, it looks like it, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we are officially back. We are officially back now. Sorry for the little couple-week hiatus there. Um, we had some show technical difficulties, but we are now running back full-time. We're going to be back on the Twitter and everything. Um, with that, follow us at OTP Soccer Talk. Um, for all of your football news. Oh, see, look, you can tell we've been far away because we can't remember to shut off the TV so you so you can hear what's going on over there. Um, but, yes, this is OTP Soccer Talk. Follow us at OTP Soccer Talk. The producer over here, um, let's see if he remembers what he – if he knows what he's doing. Good uh, evening. <laughs> Carl. I'm going to be um, a little rusty, so I apologize. You know, Pelly over here, he got a haircut and he's wearing some weird hat in the past that he – Picked up somewhere in the past couple weeks. Yeah, it's the harp. The harp. The the Guinness yeah. harp. Oh, that's the, right. The, the trip across the pond. I was very close to our English, uh, or I should, I should say British, covering all the aisles. But uh, mm. our British listeners, I was a uh, oh nice. nice. I was I was nice. one of them for a week. It was great. And uh, I just want to say I'm really excited to be back. I'm really excited about uh, about my Reds. I know. Big day today. Ooh, a big real day big today. day. Um, we, we missed out on a few good weeks of, of we, them. We have missed out I, on... I feel like it was almost planned <laughs> that we didn't want to be on the air when they were doing... We have missed out on a few good weeks, not just on Liverpool, in soccer, around the world in general. We've been in Europa League, that's what Peller's referring to with his Liverpool squad. Champions League has been going on. Yep. And there is, it, not officially crowned yet, but Leicester City cannot be caught. Um, they have won the Premiership. Aston Villa, on the other hand, uh, they cannot get out of the basement. They will finish in dead last and come and be relegated down. Um, but before we get into that, back to the usual tradition of kit number of the week. Um, even though we've missed a couple weeks, it is indeed episode 23, and that leaves us to um, David Beckham. Woo, Carl, I thought you had the whole clapping thing. <laughs> See? No. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wrong button. Wrong Oops, button. Sorry. Um, but yes, sorry. David Beckham. Uh, he's our kit number of the week at number 23. Um pretty self-explanatory as to why uh one of my cool fun facts about david beckham is he was in a really good movie called bend it like beckham no no he He married a spice girl (laughs) he did marry a spice girl which i'm very jealous of but he wore the number 23 because of his favorite athlete growing up outside of soccer michael jordan who really yep that's why he wore the number 23 um that's a fun little fact about him but pelly do you want to go on about david beckham before i say my piece Absolutely, I don't. I don't sure. have too much to say. Obviously, he uh, 
Great player, played for all of the biggest clubs in the world. I mean, a guy who we saw him at AC Milan, we saw him at Real Madrid, saw him at Manchester United, PSG, Globetrotter. Well, I guess you could put LA Galaxy if you want to put him in there for the best MLS team of all time. Um, but a guy who played for all the great teams was a guy who brought fans who really went across the board. Um, was one of those guys that he was a transcendent star. That's what I was looking for. A, a transcendent star. Transgender star? star? <laughs> <laughs> That's the gender episode. If you want to hit us up on <laughs> Off the Wagon, we'll be able to explain that a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, he... <laughs> God damn it. I think Off the Pitch is no longer a serious show. No, we're, yeah, we're just, taking the break and, we're, <laughs> and we are switching it. <laughs> you ruined it. Um no, but he was a guy who uh, the MLS looked at him and basically said that that was a player that they could bring in and start to bring a star power, if you would, um, to the MLS, an entire league that was was basically predicated around his arrival at one point. Um, as a player, guy, um, maybe not the best in the world uh, at the time. Uh, there was still guys like Roberto Carlos out there. was one of the best and certainly one of the best in the EPL at the time. Played for one of the great uh, eras of Manchester English football. Yeah. Um, you know, and we are, we've already talked about Paul Scholes, that whole group, but uh, certainly, you know, a worthy guy, not one of my favorites, but, uh, you know, for... See a whole bunch of good options at 23. Um, the reason we picked 23, and we didn't vote this week, sorry, though we will have a Twitter vote for who the number 24 kid is, um, but the reason why David Peckham, Beckham was picked is because he's the guy growing up that not watching soccer he was that superstar yeah that was he was more than a soccer player he was a celebrity everything that he touched was gold he was exactly. in the movies he had, and all that good jazz he married the spice girl um like you say he wasn't uh, growing up i didn't think of david beckham as soccer player because i didn't follow soccer when he was in his prime um i f- knew who david beckham was because he was david beckham and exactly everything that he did outside of the game with that, they say he is one of the most charitable uh, players to ever play the game. His last stop at PSG, he donated his entire salary that PSG gave him for that year mm-hmm. to the Children's Hospital in Paris because um, he, frankly, doesn't need the money. So he's just like, <laughs> screw it. I'll, Must be nice. I'm just going to play for free. Um, but, yeah, great, great guy, supposedly off off the pitch. Um, one of the all-time greats on the pitch. Um, just a couple stats from him. Uh, he's won at every team that he's gone to, or oh, yeah. at least been on. He won with Manchester United, six Premier Leagues, two FA Cups, and the Champions League. Real Madrid, he won La Liga. The Galaxy won two MLS Cups. And the one year at PSG, he won uh, League Un. Uh. Uh. League <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, And individually, he never won the Ballon d'Or. The closest he came was a runner-up in 99. Um, he did win... The FIFA World Player of the Year in 2001. Uh, he only won one Premier League Player of the Month, actually, though. Kind of interesting looking at that one. You think he would have wow. won? Yeah, no, that's surprising. You would have thought he would have won more than that. And he won 17 Choice Award Awards on Nickelodeon as Best <laughs> Male Athlete. So that one, I'm sure, is I'm sure all those trophies yeah. are right up there with the rest of his soccer ones. They they were probably burned a long time ago. <laughs> Does he get the little globe thi- or the little um, zeppelin thing? Yeah, what, yeah, whatever Does it is. Get the little exactly. Nickelodeon zeppelin. Yep. Um, the, but, blimp. the blimp. Yes, the blimp. Exactly. Nickelodeon yes, blimp. No, I don't get how we won MLS Comeback Player of the Year in his first year, because considering that he wouldn't have come <laughs> back from anything. But there's that. Uh, um, well, actually, wasn't he supposed to play there like a year before, and he tore his Achilles like three or four games in? 
Possibly. I think that might have been it. Possibly. I'll trust you. I'm not going to go all the way through this again. But I'll, I'll trust it, you. It feels right. I don't know if it is. Um, and he is the only person. I said that he's one on, on every level. He's the only person, actually, in football history to win a title in England, Spain, the United States, and France. Didn't, didn't get one in Italy, though, huh? He did not get one in Italy. He technically was never, and I should look at this, um, but he was loaned out early in his yeah. career to Preston North End, and when he was with um, AC, he was on loan to AC Milan from the LA Galaxy. So he was never, a f- I don't know how that works, but never officially the property of um, Milan. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Good to know. But 100, yeah. 117 recorded goals. Yep. Uh, he was the 400th player to play for PSG, actually. We were talking about that before the show. Just stupid little fun facts about David Beckham. This is now turning into a reality show next week. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> more top, more transgenders. Can we, can we talk about Victoria? Because she was really hot in 99. Oh, she's still really hot. Right she's still really hot. We can talk about Victoria whenever you want. Um, but yes, episode 23. David Beckham is a kid member of the week. Like I said, next week we're getting right back into the swing of things here. No more vacations for a while. Yeah. Um, so next week's going to be episode 24. There will be a uh, voting process posted on Twitter. When you follow us at OTP Soccer Talk, you can vote. You might not even have to follow us, but if you're going to vote, might as well just click the follow button right there too. And uh, Please do. Yep. Moving on, though, do we want to go right into the Premier League right now, or do we want to kind of recap? Do you want to end with Leicester Pelly, or do you want to start with Leicester? We'll, we'll I think we that. should start. We got to give him respect. We'll start there. All right. We'll start with Leicester then. We've very slowly been turning into a uh, Leicester fan show, I feel like. Uh, like who, we've never who really. Isn't now, yeah, right? exactly. Who isn't now? And Pelly, we we've talked about it all year. And how they can keep staying at the top of the table. Uh, now they've clinched it. And I think it's the biggest upset in sports history. Um, I know you're right there. With, if not, you don't think it's necessarily one. But it's right up there with arguably one of the biggest stories in sports history, in my opinion. Definitely the biggest soccer story of all time. Yeah. 5,001 odds to win it. Um, the only thing that I could compare in my mind that would come close is if a 16 seed won a won the NCAA college basketball tournament. Yeah. I, I think that's how stretched out these odds were. Currently, you can get better odds on one of the Kardashians being on the ballot in the 2020 election in England. That's a real thing that you can bet on. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's supposed to be better odds than Leicester winning it going into the year. Um, and they, we, we've, you and I, Carl, we've been saying all year long that wait till those last three games because it's Chelsea Man U, even though Chelsea and Man U are not the Chelsea and Man U of previous years. Um, those are two th- two out of three games at the end of the year that you needed to have. And then it turns out that they didn't need to have any of them because Tottenham just choked it away against that Chelsea team. They had a 2-0 lead going into the half, coming right out of it. Uh, they gave up a goal, and I believe it was in the 83rd, was when the equalizers scored. And then I don't think very much work got done on Tuesday morning this week in the city of Leicester <laughs> because it looked like they went off partying. Um, but, yeah, just just a great story. I don't think that we're going to see one ever like this again, in, like I said, in, in any sport. But Leicester's the first to do it, and I think it opens up, and we can t- we'll can we talk about it more at a later date. 
when we do a Premier League recap show, strictly Premier League, when the season ends in two or three weeks. Um, but what do you think, just right off the bat, about this Leicester run, Pelly? Unbelievable. And I went back and tried to find when we did our initial, and I think it actually might have been on off the wagon when we initially talked about where we thought people were going to end up. Um, we laid out the 20 teams. We said, this is where we see them falling, whatever. I think you had them somewhere around uh, 13, 14, which honestly was, you know, we even sat there at that time and said, oh, that's a little high for them. Right. I had them getting relegated, I think. I think I yep. had them in, in the 17th, 18th spot. Uh, well, it would have had to have been 18th. But I had them going down. Yep. That's how poor I anticipated their season going. And for them to not only play as well as they did out of the gate – maintain it through some of the most difficult periods and i mean even jurgen klopp said it this year as a liverpool guy playing in the epl is one of the most grueling schedules you have in all of in all of soccer because of the fact that they have so many fixtures in between november through january and when your fa cup league League cups going all those european if you're european matches if you're in them and this team was able to go right through that and not skip a beat and realistically it's one of those teams that never really had that you know four or five match downswing they were there from start to finish when they lost a match which i believe they only lost three coming into this this current weekend they bounced back immediately they didn't have any time where that you were looking at them saying oh here the wheels are starting to come off there was at no point in time did this team ever allow anyone back into the conversation. Now, did they drop below, you know, Tottenham or Arsenal or City at, at points in time? Yeah, absolutely. But this team was right on top of it from start to finish. Wire to wire, I think was was the best Just team about, yep. in the Premiership. Um, you know, from their perspective, this is the greatest achievement that they've ever had yep. and probably ever will have. Um, I can't imagine that they do it again next year or in the near future. However, they do have great investors. They've got a lot more money than we originally thought they did. Um, I think they're going to be able to keep a good portion of the core of this team together for next year and probably going to be able to add to it. Yep. You know, you get paid a pretty penny to win the Premiership and get into Champions League. So, I mean, this team going forward, maybe they can build upon it. Maybe they can be, you know, that seventh team in the Premiership or that eighth team in the Premiership that you're consistently seeing in that in that top Constantly group. in the Europa League exactly, conversation. Exactly, or maybe even Champions Leagues. You know, right. we, we really don't know. Um they're a team that played a different style, and that's, I think, one of the biggest things I'm going to take from this year when I look back at, at Leicester City. They played a style that was very, in my opinion, very similar to what you saw old U.S. national teams doing. Yep. Sop up the pressure, defend well from midfield back, and then turn and run on them. Beat them with fast, solid athletes down the down the pitch, be yep. able to get them on the counter, and it, oh, beating up my mic here, um, you know, and it worked for them. It worked very, very well for him, and it's a style that was brought with Claudio Ranieri from Italy, and all of his stops in Italy and Spain and everywhere that he's been, brought it here, and we haven't seen that style played in a long time in England, and for a team who had players who were, as we now know, very talented when it comes to Jamie Vardy, when it comes to Riyad Mahrez, when it comes to um, N'Golo Conte, when it comes to... Uh, Okazaki. Okazaki. Uh, even that other one that they've got, the other striker sub that they put on, Ochoa, uh, the Argentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some Yuloa. skills. Yep. yep. And you haven't seen this type of team put together to win it in a long time. And they had a lot more talent than we thought. And they were able to consist, And they stayed healthy. That's another thing, too. And that's huge. There was not a lot of guys that you saw missing matches. They stayed healthy throughout the course of the entire year. I have a, I have a respect for them. I had a respect for them last year when they got out, they made their started their run yep. into what we saw this year and parlayed it into a championship. But 
I mean, I would have never in my wildest imagination thought this team would have been anywhere near the top well, four, never mind They went the- as close as you can in soccer because you can't go worse than first in soccer because the worst, you get relegated down into a different league. But they were, were the worst team that stayed up last year, and then they went worse to first. Yeah. But by soccer definition, as close to worse as first as you can, worse to first as you can. Um, just watching the past couple weeks, they had a run of about six, seven games in a row, I think, where they didn't give up a goal. And that alone was because I said, and you keep telling me, hey, it's working for him, hey, it's working for him. I said that you can't maintain that. Eventually, yeah. you're going to give one up. And they just didn't give one up. They didn't let him in the box. Schmeichel out there. He playing great goalkeep. Yeah, um, he was fantastic, too. So. Yep, he was great all year long. Um, I think one thing that did help Leicester is they didn't have a European schedule. When you're looking at these other teams that they were competing against, yes. and yes. that's something that goes a little not knocking, not taking anything away from them. That's something that goes a little underrated because oftentimes the teams that are up in that, oftentimes every time in the Premier League, those top four or five teams, they all have European schedules on top of it, mm-hmm. and they're all making cup runs. Leicester bowed out of the cup runs a little earlier than they probably would have liked. Well, not now. Now right. I'm pretty sure but, they're pretty happy. With right, that. right. But now all of a sudden they've got a Premier League title to hold over their heads in a couple weeks. Yep. Um, but I think that helped. I think that's something that totally why agree. those team, why those Tottenham, Man City, Arsenal go down the list weren't able to catch them because now they're looking and oh yeah no we're, we'll catch Leicester we'll catch Leicester and meanwhile they're off trying to win other tournaments now they look up and where's Leicester they're gone they pulled away yep and. It, the, once they got that three game, that three match lead, um, that's when I that's when I started thinking this might be real. And then they went on, like I said, that six game run without giving them a goal, and they just they buried it. They didn't let they didn't let anybody else lose, anybody get back in. Uh, yeah. They went off and they wanted they stayed playing their style, and good for them. Um, we'll do a little bit more Premier League. Um, another team we're going to go complete opposite end real quick. The very proud franchise, if you will, or uh, club of Aston Villa is officially going down. Um, they were one of the pr- founding teams in the Premier League. I don't think they've been relegated from the first division in years. Yeah, 35, Be- 40 years. Yeah, beyond when the Premier League started. I think the last time they were in the second division, I want to say, was in the 50s or the 60s. We can look that up if we wanted to. Yeah. But um, If you want to fact check it, go for yeah. it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's... Just, and I'm not a big Aston Villa fan myself. I uh, never have been. But it, it really is just one of those. It, what a weird year where you have one of the stalwarts of the premiership going down. Something that you arguably would never think of. Mm-hmm. And then a team that's constantly bouncing between the top two divisions. I think they even went down to the third division a couple years ago. Yeah. Goes off and wins it. Um, Aston Villa just didn't have the horses this year. And it looks like they packed it in. And unfortunately, I think this is going to be one of those cases of a Premier League team that doesn't just make that one fall down and come up. I can see Aston Villa being one of those teams that plummets next year and the year after, and you're looking at fourth division football. Oof. I don't know if it'll go that far for Villa. What really needs to happen and what supposedly has been behind the, uh, behind closed doors but has been happening now for probably the better part of the last two years is Randy Lerner trying to dump that team. He doesn't want to be the owner of the team anymore. The team's not winning. He's not pulling in money. The supporters don't want him there. He doesn't want to be there. But he's basically got this albatross in his hands that he was trying to lop off salary. 
sell these players as high as he possibly could. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to replace them with young, cheaper, talented right. guys. He was just, he was just, just selling able, out. Yeah, exactly. And now those parachute payments of going down to the championship aren't going to be there anymore. You're not, you're not going to get that big money for winning or whatever it is. And right. I think there's a handful of players, some of their more quote-unquote talented players, are probably going to jump ship. Uh, which is, I mean, they're totally within their rights to do that. I think Aston Villa needs to be sold. That's the biggest thing. They need a new ownership group that is dedicated to bringing this team back to the first division. We got a phone call. We have a phone call. Our first caller of the show. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, Remind me to call that back <laughs> when we were done with this. <laughs> um, but, you know, they need a new ownership group who's dedicated to bringing this team back to the first division and, and putting the money into it to um, really get this team supported in the way that it should. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a team who's played in Europe, who I believe has won Europe on one occasion. I think they won a Europa League. Yeah, whatever it may have been, I know that they've won um, or they've had some European success, and and now they're going to be playing in a second division. It just doesn't seem right. And I think Randy Lerner, he's one of those owners who has given a very, very poor name to American owners over in England. And it's unfortunate because I think there are a lot of great sports owners out there from America who are willing to put the money forward and who are willing to build up these teams and not just look at them as investment opportunities. But unfortunately, that's what Lerner did. And he's done nothing to change that, which is probably the biggest indictment uh, overall. So, you know, can they find some wealthy oil sheik who's looking to buy him for... You know, 250 million, 500 million pounds, maybe. But that's yeah. got to be what's going to happen before this team can really get back together. We'll stay at the bottom of the table real quick just for a little bit. Um, since we haven't talked Premier League, we're not going to get into our own teams here. Like I so said, we missed a couple weeks, so we're sticking with kind of broad topics today. Over the next couple weeks, we will be getting into more serious topics, which will be outlined later in the show. <laughs> um, but in that relegation battle, real quick, Pelly, um, you've got Sunderland and Norwich right now in the relegation zone with 32 points and 31 points, respectively. But they've got three matches left to play. Newcastle, and I'm on board with you here. I, Newcastle needs to go. Um, they're one point clear of relegation with 33 points, um, but they do not have that extra game in hand. They've only got two matches remaining. Uh, two of these three three teams are going to go down. Um, I know we want Newcastle, but is Newcastle one that's going to be safe or realistically? Or is it who's, who's staying up, who's... Going down, in your opinion? I'll be honest. I I actually think Newcastle is going to survive it. Not that I want them to. Um, no, I don't want them to either. No, but. <laughs> they, they do have Rafa Benitez, former Liverpool manager, who had some great success at Liverpool, now managing them. But I think they now have their talent seeing the game in, in Benitez's way, which is a very safe style that's probably over these next two matches, depending on who they're playing. I haven't looked at the schedule. I, I haven't. But my assumption would be they're playing two teams that they probably can pull you know, three or four points off. Newcastle of. has Aston Villa. Probably three points there. And after that, I don't know. I can tell you in two seconds. Aston Villa and Tottenham. So they're not... So Tottenham, Tottenham will be should difficult, get but I don't think Tottenham's going to be sitting there trying to... Well, and I, at that point, what are they really fighting for? They, you know, they've got their Champions League. league. Yeah, they've right. got their Champions League spot locked up. They can't win the title. You might have a Tottenham team who's packed it in, and that's what's fun about the relegation battle. You get the teams that have packed it in, and you still have teams on the bottom who are, mm-hmm. who are playing and gutting it out every single week to try to get those points to stay above the um, – to keep their heads above water. I think Newcastle can go down, and I think Sunderland is going to be the one to jump up. Saving again. Yep. I think that they're just 
they're just going to figure out a way. They've done it before. They seem Sam to always do it. Who's, who's yeah. also been uh, a manager who's been in this uh, area quite a bit in his career yep. and has done a very good job of staying out of yep. uh, relegation. So it's going to be interesting. Those two, I think, are definitely my top two options. I, I, wa- think I watched their going. Stoke City game last week, and um, that was the first match I watched probably in two or three weeks of football since we've been off, honestly. We took a little bit of a sports vacation. But um, I saw that, and Sunderland played well. Uh, they deserved better than the 1-1 draw in that game, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is what it is. That's why they're the ball on the table, because they haven't been getting three points when they only take one, and they don't get the one point when they should get the one point either. Hence, 19th in the table, or 18th in the table right now. But like I said, they're playing good. They know how to fight this, um, fight this relegation fight in the last couple weeks, and I think they'll be able to... Pull it out, Newcastle. I think, just I think they're gonna fold. I hope they fold. Screw them. <laughs> um, but Sunderland, they've got Chelsea this upcoming week, so that will probably be a loss. Um, and I can't see the other two. I'm not gonna keep skipping through it. But I think Sunderland survives, and that's about it for the relegation talk. Real quick, top of the table, Premier League spots are all locked up, just about. Um, the only one left in question is the Man City, Manchester United, in four and five. Man, you can still catch them four points back. Anything wild and crazy here? Does Man City clean it up and keep going and hold that spot? Yeah, I think they'll be all right. I mean, you got two matches over the next two weeks, and they're not going to have to spread themselves too thin with Europe finally over for them. So, yep, I think they'll be okay. Yep, I agree. I think maybe if they were still, if they were playing in that Champions League final. I think maybe they yeah, sit some focus. people and they don't care yeah, right, if they right. drop down because of the win. They get right back into that Champions League. Now that they're eliminated from that, um, I can kind of see them just being like, hey, let's go off and sure it. All we need is three points and they're in. Excuse me. So I think that that's what ends up happening. Um, the other battle here is the Europa League spot. Manchester United, who's in that Champions League fight, they've got 60 points on their tails. West Ham. With 59, Southampton's only three points out. And Liverpool, um, the long shot, obviously, furthest down with a couple teams to jump up. They've got the opportunity to go up and snag a Europa League spot. Uh, Pelly, do you think it stays Manchester United? West Ham come up and get it? Maybe a Southampton shake-up? I'm not discounting Liverpool. I just don't think Liverpool is going I think, to get that. I think our five and six both get Europa League spots. I'm not 100% sure that on that. Maybe. True six, I think you get playing situation. Okay, yeah. So I, I, they do get two spots there. Honestly, I would like to see West Ham get that play in. I would for as you know for as much as I do rag on <laughs> <laughs> on Carl and his West Hammers. I'd like to see them grab that spot. I'd like to see them back in European football. Gives them a well, little. They bit had of that spot last year, didn't they? Didn't they lose a playoff no, last they year? Were, I think they were not. Well, they did. They get to a playoff, but they got there on a technicality. Oh, it was really? they, well, they, they were. They were the premier. Well, they were England's. Um, oh, fair play, fair play, fair team play. That, that got yep. in. Yeah. Um, so they probably ended up playing one of the strongest teams right. that they could right. have run into. This I think would put them in a good situation. They probably play a team that's pretty reasonable um, to play in. I'd like to see them get back. I just personally, um, I don't think Liverpool needs the extra matches. If they are going to be extra matches, it should be Champions League football, which right. they're not going to get. So you might as well hold back at you know seven or eight play the young kids for the next you know couple of weeks and just see where see where the chips fall at that point um but yeah i I think united probably stays firm at five west ham at six 
probably Liverpool at seven, I would say, because I think they have a game in hand and they're level on points with Southampton or they're one point behind. I think they're going to do all right in these last three matches. So I'd go Liverpool seven, Southampton eight. All right. I, I'm going to keep Chelsea, just real Chelsea quick. Nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Which just sucks. I wish they were in the bottom <laughs> half of the table, but they're, they're going to sneak into that nine spot. I'm going to um, keep Man U up there. I think Man U holds. I, I'm with you. I want to see West Ham get there, not only for Carl, um, but I think that they deserve being there. They played well all year long. They made that big jump that we've been thinking they were going to make for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is there's a t- Southampton team who has kind of pl- had that same expectation the past couple of years, trying to get up into that uh, Europa League bracket, mm-hmm. and I think that they're going to pull it away. Um, really? I, th- I think that they're going to just nip them. I think they're just going to nip them. West Ham falls down to seventh. Like I said, at that point, Liverpool doesn't care. They're off already playing the Europa League final. So that's they're going to be their focus from now on. Um, and I think that's how it shakes out. But I'm pulling for the West Hammers. I am. The Hammers. Alrighty. Before we end this show and do Off the Wagon, we're going to have a long Off the Wagon episode tonight, which is pointless for me to tell you that because you can't listen to it live. Um, <laughs> However, I am going to say I have the last like two weeks, I've been like going downstairs. I do my little workout, hop on the bike, and I just want to listen to an episode. And there's <laughs> nothing there for well, well, there will be some that will be posted tomorrow, correct, Carl? Yahoo. Yes. See, I, I forget my whole routine here. Usually I say that right. I didn't do the date. What's today's date? Today is May 5th. Oh, it's Cinco, Cinco de, de Mayo. Cinco de Drinko. Cinco de Drinko. I don't know. Carl and I got hammered last night, and we think we're pretty yeah. much out of the You guys are a day ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, real quick, we mentioned, we're not going to get too much into them now. We mentioned Liverpool and Sevilla in the Europa League final. That match was today. Um, Pelly, anything on the match? You want to wait till That's probably going to be our topic, big topic next week is uh, Europa League as a whole and that final preview. Want any mm-hmm. comments now, or you want to wait till then? Uh... I mean, obviously, we'll cover a lot of it next week because that'll be a big topic, but just absolutely huge. From a Liverpool fan's perspective, for Liverpool as a team, this has been a difficult year, no doubt about it. Transition year for Liverpool. Um, you know, obviously, expectations were much higher than than what has happened in league. I think they've had a phenomenal year, all things considered. This is going to be their second final. They played in the League Cup final earlier, back in March, I believe it was, beginning of March. And now you're going to be playing in a European final, which is enormous. Um, you know, when we review how they got there, un- unbelievable stuff. If you look at... If you I look think at the who- last show we did was going into the Dortmund. Dortmund. Yeah. Yep. If you take a look at who they've had to be to get to where they're going in this final... It's a who's who of European football. I mean, you're talking Villarreal, who's going to be in Champions League next year, finished yep. fourth in La Liga, behind two teams that are going to be in the Champions League final, yep. and the consensus favorite for that final, as well, or it was originally the consensus favorite for that final in Barcelona. Yep. They're the fourth team in that in, in that league. That's who they just beat to get to the final. Before that, you get the number two team in Germany, in Borussia Dortmund. Who will be a Champions League team next year. Who will be a Champions, team, Champions League team next year. Manchester United. In the round of 16. Which, which was, even, even though down team this year, yeah. they are Manchester United. They have that reputation. They deserve that reputation. Exactly. Uh, a step behind being a Champions League team this this year as well. Yep. May, may still very may well still be sneak one. it. Yep. And then in the, in the round of 32, they beat Augsburg, which isn't too big. But, <laughs> you know, since the round of 16, they've had to beat some, you know, realistic European giants. And yep. I think a lot of people 
Um, yeah, I mean, we and we have talked about it as well. You know, just previewing the Europa League overall. When we were looking at it going into the quarterfinals, we were saying that's honestly, a you could have more taken, interesting tournament. You could have flipped it exactly. You could have taken that group of teams and said, okay, six of these teams on any given year could be in the quarterfinals for the Champions League. So right. it was it was really interesting to see that, and I think Liverpool did a fantastic job to navigate through these last you know two or three rounds. Um, you know, a fantastic job throughout the tournament. Only one loss on their record throughout the entire tournament going to the finals. So, fantastic stuff. I'm very proud. It's it seems like Jurgen's doing something over there. It seems like Anfield's got that that uh, that mojo going again. So, I'm excited to talk about it for sure. All right, perfect. That that final that will be our topic of the week next week. Um, after that is going to be either Champions League or FA Cup. We're not going to get an FA Cup at all today, but Champions League. That final is determined this week. All Madrid final. Um, I'm a big boo on that too. But since I am the Barcelona fan and I therefore naturally hate Real, um, I'm rooting for Atletico. Um, you got me there too. Moving forward, moving forward. When we get to that, that's where we're going to be. Maybe we'll be an Atletico show for the day. Um, <laughs> Gotta love Diego Simeone. All, oh yeah, all black on that sideline, always <laughs> freaking out. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, that was the uh, Champions League final. Like I said, FA Cup. That's coming up. That's going to be May 21st. Champions League final May 28th. Premiership's ending in two or three weeks. Um, after that, right, I think we're only four weeks away from it. We're right into the UEFA Euros this summer. And then we're about nine weeks off from Olympics. So, I mean, we got a Copa de America coming this. Can't coming wait this summer. We've got Great a whole tournament. bunch. A whole bunch. It's good that we took this little break now because in... Two or three weeks, we might end up doing two or three shows a week because there's so much soccer going on in the soccer universe. There's going to be no downtime this summer, especially because transfer season will open up too. Ooh, so can't wait. we got a whole, whole lot of topics for the whole upcoming week. So like I said, next week we're going to do, um, what, what are we going to do? Europa League. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Europa League finals. We'll get back into the revs next week a little bit. Yep. Um, we missed them the past couple weeks, but we're going to get right back into it. They're getting a lot of draws for whatever reason. They can't put three points up on the board. Uh, stupid own goals on their own end. This, that, the other thing. You guys have been watching the games and getting just as frustrated as I have. So we'll get into We'll devil into them next week and some MLS maybe as a whole. Um, as we get back into the swing, uh, the soccer swing of the summer here. Um, that was a lot of S's in one. A lot of S's in one sentence. You call it an alliteration? Yes, I believe that is what it is called. But yes, this is Off the Pitch Soccer Talk. You can find us at Twitter, on Twitter with that handle. Is that what it is? OTP Soccer Talk. Yeah. Yeah, the Twitter handle is. Yeah. That's what it's called. Okay. At OTP. At OTP. What do call that? The interweb? At OTP Soccer Talk. Like I said, follow us on Twitter. We're going to be back on Twitter hard now, now that our little vacation is done. Um, next week, like I said, episode 24, we'll have the post up to vote on your favorite number 24 player. Gave you the topics. Uh, the guy over here on the DJ board is Carl Badger. The thank guy, thank you. the guy with the big smile and that his cheeks are rosy red for some reason. <laughs> um, and he's going to have a big week next week is Zach Peliquin. And I'm your host, JP Chenard. Enjoy your week of football.